Welcome to the Daily Creed, where we help you break your limited beliefs that are holding you back from being a personal and professional success. When you master the five character traits of commitment, resilience, excellence, execution, and discipline, you will have the power to dominate your industry and live the life you desire. And now, helping you to grow in every aspect of your life, your host, J.R. Spear. All right, today we have a very special guest. His name is Michael Fritz. He's an amazing member inside of our BLN community. Also helps facilitate calls. Also is a podcaster, and he is a husband, a father, a Christian, and recovering workaholic. I still think he's a workaholic, so I don't know why it says recovering, but he's a recovering (laughs) workaholic. And over the years of being a business owner, he's learned about the inner mind, but also combines technology to get dialed in on knowing exactly what to do and when. A huge automation nerd who straddles both the podcasting space and the clean wellness space. Every day is an adventure, and Fritz and his wife, Charlotte, live in St. Louis with their four amazing, beautiful daughters. And today we're going to be talking about finding your awesome with the Fritz man. So, Mr. Fritz, welcome to our business network. Thank you. Man, that music at the start was like, I'm like, what am I getting myself into here? Yeah, so, we got to we got to make it very dramatic so that way it's fun and people get excited and pumped up ready for our show. Man, to get all nervous and farty though. You get the wrong kind of personality on here. It's like, ah, "Oh my goodness." But you're lucky I'm an extrovert. So, let's like yeah, low, bro. Totally. Well, you know, we I know you personally and you have a lot to offer and I know you want to talk about like finding your awesome and uh I love to just kind of start there. Like what what do, what do you mean by finding your awesome? Like how how can an entrepreneur benefit by finding your awesome and what do you do to leverage that? Man, well, so finding your awesome, just starting it off with a definition, is realizing that every single person, entrepreneur or not, has got this, I want to say terrifying creative power inside of them. And it's there by default. It's it's always there. And so digging through and allowing yourself to have that awesomeness come out by, you know, taking more risk once in a while, trying out some scary things, saying, you know what, I've never done this before, but by George, I'm going to try it anyway and just step out and do that. Right. So I, I tell people I never really had a career. I always had kind of a careen. I've never really planned any of this, but just continuing to take steps forward and try new things and see what works and what doesn't. It's like, huh got some awesomeness in there. So I guess there's enough of it now that I can share it with the world, some of the strategies I've developed. Yeah. So let, let's dive into some of the strategies. And just because I know you personally, and I know you got your your uh, podcasting business where you are helping a, a lot of entrepreneurs start their podcast, help with their podcast, and you, you have a done for you service of the podcasting. I mean, there's just so many benefits that you're offering to the community and to the small business uh, world. But before we dive in and talk about what podcasting, your podcastify is, your business, uh, let's go through the benefits of what podcasting can do for a small business owner. Yeah, well, I mean, at the core, it's going to be something that can help you develop some amazingly deep relationships with people. And I kind of found this out also accidentally as part of my career. Just starting a podcast, I started finding myself coming across people that I never would have met just because I had a podcast, they'd be like, yeah, I want to guest on your show. And I got to know these people. And it turns out that for the right personality type, if you've got the ability to build really good rapport and you wrap a podcast around it, people are going to share things with you that they wouldn't share in a regular, just a regular cold call. Like for example, I had a guy one time 
he uh, he was sharing some pretty personal stuff with me about things that he experienced in the spiritual realm. And he was telling me the story about how when he was four, he was experiencing, you know, seeing angels and demons fight with each other. And partway through, he was explaining that. He said, well, Michael, I've never shared that with anybody before. I'm not sure why I'm sharing it with you. And I'm like, I guess I got one of those faces. I don't know. But really, it's there's something magical about the medium where if you use it as a relationship building tool, it is so much easier to apply that into a lead generation and a marketing and finally a sales tool. So I'm kind of misusing the medium, as it were, but it's a pretty exciting way to go about doing it, especially for business owners. Yeah, I mean, the what I I love what you said that it's like a you know it's the the way to build relationships, but also it's your lead magnet, and you know I can't tell you how many relationships I have been able to gain just by having a show, by having a podcast. You know, I started my first show, you know, almost four years ago. I have about five hundred thousand downloads, and it just um it just been an amazing journey so far. But I'll find someone that I probably would never have gotten to be able to speak to me. And just saying, hey, you know what? Can I come invite you as a guest on my show? Share some of your expertise with my audience. And would that be a benefit to you? And the thing is, one of the fastest way to generate any leads is by by leveraging other people's networks. And so it's a benefit to them, but it's also a massive benefit to me because now I'm getting more credibility for myself and they're getting credibility and a more known for them as well. And when it's it's like one of those trust factors as well. So people are going to start trusting more when they start seeing more of who you are and what you do. And the beauty about any type of content is it can be repurposed on every platform all the time, which is Absolutely amazing. So what has been your best experience? I know you from leveraging relationships, relationships, but is there one particular relationship that you are super excited? And I know all of them you really love, but is there one that stands out? Be like, man, if it wasn't for my podcast, I would never have been able to connect with this person. Why was that relationship important to you? And how did the podcast really help you get that connection? Uh, there is, it's going to be one of those kind of second, third degree type things, but I'm pretty sure I had a guest on a while back who got me in touch with somebody named Coach Lee Hopkins. He's in Ohio. And that dude is a hub. Like I track in my CRM who introduces me to whom. And he has probably got like 15 people that he's just like bang, 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 bang. And each one of these people, some of them are hubs as well. And it's like you talk about having a network reboot. If you needed to start from scratch, start with Coach Lee. But the podcast was what got me in touch with a person who got me in touch with another person who eventually got me in touch with him. So I still blame the podcast. It's still a podcast fault, right? Yeah. But, you know, had it not been for that, I mean, I'll tell you back, back before I became an entrepreneur. Yeah, sure. I was on LinkedIn. I had 500 plus connections, but they were all recruiters or people in the software testing space. It's like, that's it. You know, like it says, I'm an automation nerd. Like that was my network. And once I started podcasting, it just opened the doors, opened the floodgates, all these different creatives, coaches, uh, music, art, social, whatever, all this stuff. And it's like, man, I never would have I never would have met these people. It's kind of scary thinking of like, you know, what would life have been like if I didn't ever have a podcast? But yeah, well, I'm on my path now and I'm enjoying what I'm doing. So full speed yeah. ahead. Yeah. No, that's really cool. I want to dive in a little bit about like where if someone doesn't have a podcast, I like to talk about the steps that they need to do to start a podcast. And then if we have time towards the later in the show, it's like because we you talk about leveraging it to generate leads. 
I like to hear your process and what you do, what you're using now to help you leverage podcasting to generate leads to, to convert them over to sales. So let's start with the first part. Like when someone is saying, hey, you know what? I, I know the importance of podcasting. I hear it from everyone online now and I just haven't done it. I'm an introvert and I still know I'm just scared to get on there and use a bike or whatever like that. But where where should someone start when they've been considering having a podcast? You know, I would highly recommend, and I always highly recommend this, is start with getting real clear on the kind of people that you want to have be on the show. Don't even, don't be like, I'm going to get a Spotify account. I'm going to get, it's like, don't start. Don't even, don't touch your keyboard with your fingers just yet. We'll get there, but get super clear on who it is that you would want to have be on the show and also get super clear on who you would want to have listen to the show. And the reason for that is you could do what I did and just run out and be like, I'm going to start a podcast. I've got an opinion. The world needs to hear about it, you know, and end up starting it. And like, nobody listens to it. And it's like, wonder of wonders. Why? Because you, you didn't get good and clear on that. If you start with that foundation, then everything you build on after that, like, how are you going to build relationships with those kind of guests? What are you going to do with them after they've been on the show? What are the next the touches, the follow-ups, how are you going to include them in your ecosystem? How are you going to get them, make it easy for them to share with their network? That all falls into place, but you've got to get super clear on the who of who's going to be on your show and who you want to have listen to it. And then you asked what, what was the second part to that question? Well, well, before, before we move on to there, I mean, do you recommend like when it comes to inviting guests, having more of your ideal clients uh, to be as guests on the show or like, or more referral partners type base. So like what I consider a referral partner is anyone that serves your ideal client without being direct competition of you. What's your suggestion when it comes to inviting guests? You could literally do one or the other, and you can also do both, right? So I've had shows where I'll have people on that are in my ideal client profile, you know, working with coaches. They might want to, they're starting to make noise about doing marketing. It's like, well, let's have them on the show and let's talk podcasting. I have other people on that are kind of outside of that, you know, talk about marketing as a principle, marketing as a service. How do you do email marketing? How do you do this? How do you do that? Those would be ideal referral partners, but you can also mix it up and have a mix of both. And I would say that if you're going to do that, if you're going to do a mix of both, you probably have to call the show something that covers a wide gamut. I mean, you call it something pretty generic, like the show, I, I don't know, whatever. But I mean, you at least want to have something on the label that says, okay, here's what you're going to get out of listening to this, whether you're somebody in my ideal client profile or you are an ideal referral partner. There's something in there for everybody. It can be a little bit tricky, but we have ChatGPT now, man. You can tell it anything and it does it. It's wonderful. Yeah. Come up with a name. Come up with 20 names for this show about nothing. Yeah. So, so Seinfeld. Sometimes I I get a little bit selfish. I'm like, oh man, what what are some topics that I want to learn myself? And who can I find that's like the best expert in that that I can uh, invite them to be a guest on the show and be able to ask them questions without having to actually pay for their products and services? So I'm like, oh man, I really want to learn about podcasting. Let me get, let me go invite Fritz onto my show so I can get more step-by-step process on what he does to be able to do podcasting. Oh shoot. Is that this? Are we, is that what we're doing right now? Doggone JR. <laughs> yeah. I just need a little, I know a little bit more about 
what to do. But no, but seriously, we can also use it not in just leverage for you know growing leads and things like that, but relationship building, but also for personal development and personal growth for ourselves. I mean, you know, take advantage of it. I mean, build a network up, build a show, let people get to know who you are, and then find people that you want to learn from and invite them as guests. I mean, that's a great way to start learning yourself. I can't I can't tell you how many things. I have learned just by having different guests on my show or events that I've been able to speak on on their stage be, by having them as a guest. So because normally what happens is I invite them as a guest to be on my show and they're going to scratch my back and want me to come on their show or their live event in person or whatever it may be. And it just it's it's really cool about how it does. But here's the other thing, too. So people are always wondering, it's like, man, how can I get in front of people? How can I generate more leads? How can I do this? I'll tell you the biggest challenge that was ever given me was saying, hey, JR, go start a show. And I was like, why do I need to start a show? What am I going to talk about? What am I going to do? But I'll tell you the best thing that has ever happened. And, you know, I, I've been consistent with it, yeah, you know, for almost four years now, and it's been pretty phenomenal. Yeah, it does unlock. And I didn't realize years ago, I never thought in a million years I'd be open to being a public speaker. And now it's like if somebody says, hey, Fritz, you want to come talk about podcasting or you want to talk about automation? You want to come talk about blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, sure. Let me check my schedule. It's not it doesn't even enter my mind of, wow, that's scary. I got to get up and talk in front of like at least 12 people. Holy gee whiz, Batman. It doesn't it's not even a blip on my radar, but I've talked with hundreds of people one to one or I've talked with groups of people on Zoom via the podcast. It's like, huh, there was a there was a hidden superpower in there that I didn't realize I had to like jam it out of there through podcasting, but yeah, it, it grows you. It grows you. Yeah. It definitely uh, stretches you. And it, you know, the, one of the biggest uh, questions people ask is like, man, I, I just don't know what to talk about. I just don't know what to say. I don't know what questions, but you know, I'll, I'll say I'll, I'll, I'll combat that with a couple different things. One, find really, really good guests to have on your show. So you don't have to come up with the content all the time. Two, use AI or ChatGPT to come up with the best questions to be able to ask so you don't have to think that about that hard on it either. And then have an awesome intro and have an awesome exit and you're good to go and repeat and rinse and then market the, the other people and leverage them as a show. So yeah. we're going we're, we're gonna to go to our first break here in a second. But before we do, we I just want the if you're just jumping on here and listening to this and you missed a little bit of the first part of the show, I just want to let you know we're talking about the importance of having a podcast and the benefits of it. But we also said the first part when it comes to starting your podcast is Fritz is saying that you need to make sure that you understand who your audience is. Who is it that you want to serve? Who do you want to speak to? Who do you want to have a guest on your show? And when we come back, we'll love, we'll talk about the next step after identifying who your ideal client is when it comes to starting your podcast show. So stay tuned and we'll be back here in a minute. And now a word from our sponsors. Navigating the business world can be daunting. Welcome to the Business Leaders Network, a community of like-minded entrepreneurs ready to share invaluable experience. As a BLN member, enjoy dynamic networking opportunities with high-level entrepreneurs, learn cutting-edge strategies from industry experts, and gain a platform to showcase your business. Get started today for only $37, which is less than your daily cup of coffee. Join a community that can transform your business. Visit www.blncommunity.com to get started. Your success it's our mission at BLN. Let's navigate the business world together. And now back to the show. And today we have a very special guest, Mr. Michael Fritz, who is the owner of Podcastify as well as a health cleaning wellness business. 
And uh, we were talking about the benefits of podcasting in the first part of the show. So if you missed it, make sure you guys go back and listen to it. Uh, but before we go back into our show, I just want to invite you guys, if you have not been a guest inside of our online community, I want to invite you there to where we every week we come live and we teach you guys on leadership sales, marketing, systems, process, and finances. And we have networking calls and breakout rooms so you get opportunities to network and connect with other industry leaders. So all you have to do is go to blncommunity.com, click on blncommunity.com and click on get started to join us on one of our weekly calls. And if you have not grabbed a copy of my book, The Success Guide to Building Your Coaching Empire, go to jrspear.com, click on that link, and then I would love to send you a copy. All right, we are back with Mr. Fritz, Michael Fritz, who's the owner of Podcastify, as well as a wellness cleaning company. And we are talking about everything about podcasting. The first half show, we talked about benefits. Then we talked about the first step that you guys need to do when it comes to starting your podcast is really identifying who your audience is and the type of people to, to interview and the importance of what you're doing. So love to continue on from there and uh, move on with the show. So Mr. Fritz, once you have someone that's start, they're really considering about wanting to start a, pod, a podcast, you know, you you mentioned the first thing we need to do is like, okay, who's our audience? What is the first thing we need to do when it comes to that and understanding who it is that we want to serve? What is the next step after we figure out who our ideal audience is? Well, the next step is to start building out your system and you're going to need a platform to host it on. Spotify is pretty good. Um, but then you also are going to need a way to take in uh, applicants, you know, because not everybody that says they want to be on your show would be a good fit. Right. So you have to have a way to filter it out. Your time is valuable. Um, you can use a combination of Google Forms and Calendly for that. And uh, as you start to solicit your network to say, hey, I'd like to see if you'd like to be on the show, um, see what they say. You know, see what they say about the bio, see if they they really fit your target demographic. You can always say no. More often than not, you'll be saying yes. And as you start to record, you could record on a tool like Zoom. You could record on, you know, Squadcast or uh, Riverside would be a good one, too. But as you start to build this out, always keep in mind, you don't want to get. You don't want to spend a whole lot of time invested with building something out. You want to be able to move quickly. And I don't know. I know I'm not the only person that has this problem, but I sometimes tend to get emotionally invested in things that take me a long time to put together. And then when it's time to like change the ugly baby, it's like, no, it's my ugly baby. I don't want to change. No, just get in, move fast and be agile, you know, see what works, see what doesn't pivot on a weekly basis and see what adjustments you need to make. And you'll find that the faster you can adapt the more accurate your show is going to be. You'll be able to attract more of the right people. You're going to feel like, hey, this resonates because I'm bringing in the right folks. I'm getting dialed in on like, okay, this kind of person's really good, but this one, nah, I'm not sure, not so much, but you'll understand why. So in a way, it's kind of like a marketing funnel. You know, you start to identify who would be really good and who's not such a good fit, and you can go from there. Does that answer the question? Yeah, totally. So um, you mentioned, uh, you know, going on Spotify, are you, because for me, I use Anchor. And, you know, it's free. It's a great way. And then it can push it out to all the different things. Is that the I know that's I think Anchor is owned by Spotify. Is that the platform that you're using or? Yeah, it, it's the same. I use the terms interchangeably. So I used to use I used to use Anchor, but people were like, didn't Spotify buy Anchor? So I just I changed it out and I say Spotify instead. And now you're like, isn't that Anchor? So I'm going backwards, <laughs> bro. 
Yeah, I just want to make sure we speak in the same language. So yeah, I uh, I, I use Anchor when it comes to that, and I know a lot of people they they get hung up on is like, oh man, you know, what type of equipment do I need to have? Do I need to have like a you know an office space where I, I shoot everything? Do I have like this professional studio where I need to go spend all this money to be able to do? I mean, what type of equipment do you recommend for like the person just starting out when it comes to doing shows? I mean. For somebody starting out, I would invest at least in a decent microphone. So I'm using a Blue Yeti. Uh, this pink thing on top is an aftermarket edition by my daughter, Amelia. She's 12. She makes these things. And uh, I mean, a Blue Yeti is a good entry-level mic. I would not recommend using just a laptop mic. I would not recommend as not really. I mean, if you need to get away with it in a pinch, you could use a Bluetooth headset. But it kind of sounds like a like you're in an airplane, you're got the pilot talking, you know, it just, it sounds kind of tinny, right? So at the very least, you want to have something that makes you sound good, that makes you sound like a podcast host. Because again, going back to what I was saying before, the goal is to build awesome relationships with people. And if people come onto your show and they feel like, wow, this person really pulled out all the stops, like it sounds like an honest to God podcast studio, but nah, he's in a bedroom and that's okay. And it's an audio only show in my case. So you know, anything that gets in the way of that relationship building process is worth investing a few bucks and getting a higher end version of it. But you don't need to have expensive studio equipment. You don't need to have expensive cameras, just as long as it, whatever you've got does not get in the way of that relationship building process. And you can always ask for feedback too. ask the person, like, how did you like the show? Is there anything I could improve? And if five or six people say the same thing, it's like, well, it's time to upgrade that particular thing, but, you know, go based on where the market takes you. Yeah. What, what about lighting? I mean, how important is lighting when it comes to doing uh, the podcasting? Lighting's super important. I mean, it'd be like if you were in a, if you were in a room and the person you were talking to was kind of, you know, like the shady private eye bar scene where the guy's like shrouded by, you know, shadows and stuff like, who the heck am I talking to? Like, I can't even see your face, man. I can't see your eyes. I can't trust you. So you want to make sure that the lighting is decent. Um, if you really want to get fancy, you want to make sure that the lighting is equal to the other person because yeah, you and this other person are talking like you and I, for example, we've got equal lighting just happened to be, I didn't fiddle with any buttons prior to us going live here, but if you were darker and I was lighter, I would like turn my lighting down a little bit because for the people out here that are listening, they're watching, they're like, man, there's like unequal lighting with these two guys it's a little hard on the eyes right so you want to make it as comfortable as possible for the people watching the show as well but you also want to build that trust factor you want to make sure you're you're well lit you're not hiding anything you're not literally not a shady guy or gal and just make sure your lighting is pretty good like i've got so in our room here i got the fan light up here so that adds ambient light i got a window over here so that's diffuse light but then i got a ring light back here behind my laptop and then i guess i've got my laptop screen that's like glaring off my glasses all the time i got to do something about that but yeah lighting is super super important yeah i i uh i took some courses on like public speaking and and things like that with uh you know a couple a couple different programs and one of them it was like six weeks just talking about setting up the, the virtual stage and your background and and uh, not just the background but just everything about podcasting or doing a virtual show and when we when we we're going through it i always joke like you know it was a very expensive investment. The best thing I learned how to do it was how to set up the right lighting in, in the room. And yeah. just that, but uh, sound was actually really important. I was actually really shocked about like some of the tricks that they talked about, because if you're in a room, even if you're using Zoom, 
and you are in, let's just say a regular office uh, type space, but you got hardwood floors and you know, and you have some windows and uh, and maybe some drywall or hardwood for the, for the walls or whatever it may be, you're going to get a lot of bouncing with your sound. And so it's really important to making sure that that you have either good curtains up in the room or you have a throw rug on the floor or you have something that can help you know with that sound so you don't get that echo. And I never realized how important that I didn't really have issues with it myself because in my office I have it's fully carpeted. I have you know really thick curtains in my my office and and does it, but. I didn't realize how important that that piece was, especially when it comes to podcasting, because more one of the most important things, especially if you're just using voice, is the sound. And people don't think about the small things. And the reason I bring that up, because, you know, one, it was definitely I, I never was like a big sound guy myself. So I had to learn, you know, different key tricks and things like that. But it is a question that I get often. And it just happened. I had a guy reach out to me yesterday. What should I be doing when I start my podcast? And then so we we're talking about different type of equipment. I was talking about his room setup and things like that and how how it goes. He's like, well, I was told I need to go get an office space and have it dedicated just for podcasting. And I was I was going against that and, and things like that to just kind of get started. But yeah, what, what's your what's your intake on some of that, you know, some of that feedback that I just gave? It's good. I mean, you want to make sure to have a good a good environment to record in. And you'll have to listen to yourself and say, does it sound echoey? Does it sound like I'm recording this in a bathroom? If so, then yeah, you need to like fuzz up the surfaces a lot. Um, you don't have to do a whole lot of crazy stuff. Like if you if you don't want to mess around with the feng shui of your office, you're like, oh, I had a consultant come in and arrange everything. I like how it looks. Well, one of my first clients that I had back when I started the company, I came over because he was local here in St. Louis. And I said, let me take a look at your setup because he was kind of concerned about the dynamics and stuff. And I said, well, it sounds really good already. I said, there's a little bit of echo. And I said, if there's something you can do to put behind the cameras, like you can get away with murder behind the cameras, not literally, but like you can put things, you can put sound baffles, you can put, and he's like, I got a drop ceiling. He goes, I'm going to hang a moving blanket back there. I'm like, perfect. I mean, it's going to look kind of dingy, but we don't know that because we're seeing from the camera's perspective. But behind the camera, yeah, there's this big, ugly brown thing hanging that's catching all that extra noise. And it sounds awesome, right? Um, but the other thing, too, like you were saying that one guy, you don't have to rent a dedicated office space. That can get expensive, right? But what I would say, too, is be aware of what's behind you. You mentioned a green screen. You don't necessarily need a green screen, but if you're if you're pretty slick about what you have on your walls, I mean, I've got pictures of my kids. I've got an MC Escher drawing. I've got a calendar that's like two months out of date. I've got stuff over here. But if I had a wall that was closer to me, I mean, I could put collateral on there like a website or a QR code or, you know, buy my book or have a book sitting there. You know, some of the best podcasters I know have got visual cues while people are watching. They're able to you know, do some interactive, like, oh, I'm going to scan that QR code with my phone while I'm watching the show. Like, that's cool. But you can do all kinds of things. So you can make use of your entire environment. But yeah, you can do all this stuff on a budget. If you've got a quiet room, if you've got a closet, you can do it in a closet. I'm not even kidding. I interviewed a guy one time. And back then I used to do my shows in the back seat of my pickup truck. I called it Studio 150 because it's a Ford F-150. And man, that extra upholstery, makes it sound on fleek out there as the kids say and i didn't know what i was getting myself into so i hit the record button and i let the guy in i'm sitting in the back seat of my truck 
he's sitting literally in a closet and he's like got clothes hanging around down him. And it's like, this is an audio only show. If I hadn't said anything, nobody would know that I'm in a truck and he's in a closet. He's like, no, don't we sound great? We sound like we're in an actual studio. I'm like, yeah, we do, but we're not. It's great. You can do all kinds of stuff on a, on a budget, man. And I think that's, that really goes to like, it, it, there's an entrepreneurial spark that comes with podcasters. Like everybody's got a unique one. Their approach is different. They're just everything. There's, there's a unique character, a flavor to each one. And it's like, yeah, they're doing it. They're making it work and it looks freaking amazing. So, yeah. Yeah, I love that. And just uh, just breaking down all the barriers and all the objections of why people are just saying, hey, I want to get started. Because, you know, I think there's just a lot of fear that people think that they have to have perfection. And that's something to keep them from being able to get started. Or it's like fear of having the right equipment, fear of doing it right, fear of like having the right space uh, and making sure that that's all set up or even fear of just having the right amount of episodes. Because uh, I think stats say that, you know, people don't, most people that start a podcast don't get past 21 episodes. And then after 21 episodes, then they end up stopping for different reasons. So I want to, I'm going to hit on that when we come back from our, our next break, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about my story and, uh, and then we'll dive in a little bit deeper. So stay tuned. And we'll come back here in a minute. And now a word from our sponsors. Stuck in growth and need more time to serve your clients? Let JR Spear and his Creed Consulting team help. We offer a full done-for-you service, strategizing and building your program to scale fast. From video shoots to web design and automation, we've got you covered. Our expertise gives you more time to deliver the quality your clients deserve. Ready to build faster and serve better? Call us today at 314-221-9216 and let's kickstart your coaching program and build a quality of product your clients deserve and now back to the show all right we are back with another with uh with michael fritz with uh an amazing episode if you guys have missed the first part of our show make sure you guys go back we're talking everything about podcasting and how uh how to be awesome and how to leverage a podcast for your growing your community for growing your business and generating leads and all these amazing cool things so if you guys haven't Went back and listened to it. Go back, listen to what we have to say, and we're breaking it down step by step. And I want to give a little bit of, uh, about my backstory when I started first started my show because before we went on to the last break, I mentioned like statistically most podcasters don't make it past 21 episodes. I mean, it's just it's just stats, and that's just sad what happens. And I. I was one of those statistics uh, when I first started. And so I had a bunch of interviews, you know, I got through, you know, probably 20 or 30 interviews and, you know, it just got to the point where I was like, man, I really don't like this. I am really hating doing this podcasting thing and uploading and being consistent with it because that's the thing with podcasting, you got to be consistent. You got to show up. You got to be consistent with it because if you're just having a show that shows up once in a blue moon, your listeners are going to stop following you because they got nothing else to follow. It's like, okay, that was great. And then they find, forget about you, move on and find someone else. And for me, I, I had to do some deep reflections. Like, why do I not like doing the podcasting? I had to really reflect, like, what are the things that I enjoy? What are the things that I don't like? And how can I fix this? So I ended up stopping it for like three or four months before I even got back to it after, you know, after so many episodes. And it really boiled down that I hated the production piece. I, I didn't like the editing part. I didn't like this. Not that I don't like the editing. I actually really do enjoy the editing. It was the time that it took to actually do the editing. 
and do it's like taking the time to edit it, taking the time to build the assets and the marketing materials, taking the time to upload and and schedule it out and give the you know my guests you know the the assets that you can use to market their show and all these different things and, and it just took so much time. It was a time suck that I was like, I hate this. And once I realized that, I got I was on a a guest on a friend's show and he was like, Hey, why don't you talk to uh, this individual? And it was a friend of mine. His name is Don Gaskins. And, you know, he's known I forget the, his, his business is like called a voice or something like that. And, uh, and I'll tell you making that switch and hiring him to do all the edits and uploads for my show has been like the biggest game changer for me because ever since I did that, only thing I worry about is hitting record, sending him the recording and he takes care of the rest. And that's kind of like what you do. And, you know, I'll, I'll, and you, you do a whole lot of that editing and marketing and pieces. And we'll dive into that in a minute. But the reason why I wanted to bring the story up, because, you know, for me, it was like I, I knew the power of podcasting. I knew the relationships that I've already built from it. But I had to really figure out, like, what is it that I love about it? And what is it that I didn't like about it? And it came down to, I hated Jake and that it was just taking so much time. And maybe there's people that are faster than I am, but I was such a critique of my own shows that I wanted to fix every little piece and go and do it. It's like, you know what? I just want to hand it off and I'm not going to listen to it again and and they'll take care of it. And, and that's kind of what I did. So I, I ha- hired a team to take care of that. And even though I at the at that time, I didn't want to spend the extra money, but it was like the best money ever spent. Is is outsourcing and leveraging it so I can focus on what I love most, which is connecting with people, showing up and teaching. And that's that's what I thrive on. That's what I love. And and so for anyone out there like, man, I just don't know what episodes do or it's a lot of work. I just don't know what to do. Well, figure out what you like about podcasting because there's a lot of benefits to it. But figure out what you like about it, figure out what you don't like about it and then delegate the rest. Because ultimately, you know, the, the secret formula to even scale in any business is one, uh, you got to create the systems and processes that allows you to delegate so that way you can participate in the business. And if you're not able to delegate certain things and you're doing it all yourself, well, eventually you're going to hate doing it. And then it's going to be really hard to focus on what you love to do best. But what, what, what about from your experience, either from you or clients, what are the things that you're finding that people don't like about it or why people end up quitting when it comes to starting a podcast and what do you do to help them fix that? Well, I'll tell you from from my standpoint, it, it, I didn't even get 21 episodes in with my first podcast. I it, back then, back in the old days, it was like seven episodes. The seventh episode slump. I didn't even make it that far. I made it into three, and I'm like, I hate this because I was only doing these solo episodes, and I'm like, nobody's listening to this. Like, not even my mom. I was just publishing and thinking, hey, it's going, it's out there. Yay, here come the listeners. Joe Rogan, you know, it's like, no, it doesn't, that's not how it works. Right. Um, But what I've found over the years is like you, for the same reason, I enjoy editing, but it's not a revenue generating activity for me. And every hour that I spend on editing and trying to figure out, you know, you know, how to massage this to make it sound really good. It's like, yes, it's fun. Yes. It earns me some brain wrinkles, but I, I could have done some sales calls during that time, you know, and I'd rather do that. Honestly, I like that more than the editing. So it wasn't for me, it wasn't like, I, I totally hate this. You know, I hate the process. It's like, I really enjoy the process. I could get myself into trouble doing that. But then I also wanted to maximize the number of people that I was able to talk to. We've all got 24 hours in a day. So 
I had to hand off that stuff. And it's been amazing because being in there, understanding like, okay, I've had my hands in the process. I know exactly what happens like this and this and this and this and this. And it's repeatable and it's predictable. And it's like, okay, I've got the process documented. Hire a VA and go, here you go. Have fun. You know, and it has to be somebody that really enjoys doing things like audio and video editing or creating the marketing collateral, that type of thing. What was the other part of the question? There were like two questions in there. Well, yeah. So there was that piece. But now I want to talk about like, what is your process for helping your clients overcome that? But I want to say that for the last part of the show. Um, but one thing I wanted to tap into right now is batching content. So for me, like I, I use, I have this weekly live show that, that we're doing right now, but then I have my my other podcast, the Daily Creep Podcast Show, and I would batch a ton of shows. So I would do like maybe in one month, I would batch maybe 10, 12, or even more uh, interviews and shows in, in within a few weeks because I, I would only post one, upload one episode a week. And so if I had 12 episodes, that's like three months right there. That I need to do. So every three months, I was like, okay, I need to go batch and do 12 interviews over the next few weeks. And then there's my next three months. So what is your take when it comes to batching content and how many, how many episodes do you recommend someone to have before uh, launching their show? Or do you let them go in and be like, Hey, you know, go do live and, and uh, you know, do one at a time, or do you recommend batching? I do recommend batching. And like you're alluding to here, there's multiple strategies for this. Like everybody's got an idea of how long a season should be. A season's 24 episodes. No, it's 12. No, it's six. Uh, I personally, when I first started, I would just push episodes up as soon as they were ready. And I was slamming things out. You know me, JR. I don't do anything in moderation. I was banging out like 25 episodes a week. 30 minute episodes. Like I got myself in trouble one time. I saw my schedule for the next week and I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm in danger. Like that's when I had to start figuring out how to automatically edit stuff because I'm a huge automation nerd. And uh, that's totally different story there. But um, there was a time when I was banging out like one episode every business day. And there were other times when I would do one a week. And then it got kind of slow. Like some shows were like, hey, your episode's going to go live February 2025. It's like, that's too long. That's too long, right? So I do like batching. I do like the the strategy for batching where you want to honor your time, but you also want to make sure to constrain the available time that somebody's going to guest on your show. Like you don't want to just open up your calendar and say, okay, have fun. Six months out, no problem. It's like pick like, two weeks or pick three weeks, four weeks and say, you can pick a time in this, in this slot on my calendar. Hopefully something works. And I would love to have you on and just pepper it out and then say, okay, this month I'm heads down on podcasting stuff and then free it up. And you got two full months of just a play time. One other strategy that I started employing just recently is this idea of what I would call a micro season, like a micro season drop four episodes. Because a lot of times if somebody's going to listen to one episode, they're probably going to not hit the stop button. They're just going to keep going, right? So if you give them the first of four episodes and they listen, 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 and they're like, wow, I just captured their attention for. All right. I think that our, we're having a little bit of technical problems where we're coming freezing. So we're going to come back here shortly. And But when we get back, 
we, I want to be able to hit on a little bit about how Fritz is able to help you guys thrive when it comes to building your podcasting and the next steps that you guys should be taking. So never let fear of doing a podcast uh, stop you from going because there's so many benefits. It adds credibility. It's a way to leverage and grow your community. It's a way to really get in front of the audience of people that you never thought was possible before. So podcasting is a great tool for you to be able to do it. And you don't ever have to fear not, you know, the fear the, of what it takes to actually get started because it's a very simple process. And if you don't know how to do it, you're just terrified to do it. We need to hire people that can help us do it and to get started. But the big goal is to just get started, have a plan, get started and get going. So we'll come back here after our last break. And now a word from our sponsors. Ready to elevate your coaching business and make a profound impact? Discover your roadmap in J.R. Spears' book, The Success Guide to Building Your Coaching Empire. Immerse in wisdom earned through years of successful coaching, presenting a strategic battle plan to navigate challenges and seize opportunities. Don't just survive, but thrive in your industry. Get your copy at www.jrspear.com today. Let this guide be your companion in your journey to a powerful coaching empire. Transform your business and make a bigger impact now. And now back to the show. And if you guys missed the first part of our show, I want to encourage you guys to go back, listen on your favorite channel and uh, catch up on this amazing discussion with the podcaster, Mr. Michael Fritz. All right. So we hit on a lot of really cool things. We're talking about like what you should do to get started. We talked about like, uh, you know, different types of tools that you're going to need about batching content and things like that. Some fears and some things that people you know struggle with when it comes to having their podcast. And I want to dive into uh, one other question and then we'll go and see, uh, talk more about how Mr. Michael Fritz can help you guys with your podcast if you guys want to learn more. But before we do, if you guys have not visited our community as a guest, we want, I want to invite you to join us on one of our weekly training calls where we teach you guys on leadership, sales, marketing, systems, processes, and finances, and give you guys tools, resources, and even a community to help you guys build and grow your network and your business. All you have to do is go to blncommunity.com, click on Get Started, and I would love to see you there, blncommunity.com, and click on Get Started, and I hope to see you inside of our group. Our next call will be tomorrow, Tuesday, at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. All right, Mr. Michael Fritz. So we talked a lot about so many different things, but one thing you kept mentioning uh, a few different times in the last, uh, you know, before we went to the break, was seasons. You know, I uh, I probably did not do it right with my show because I am still on the same series, same season or whatever. I just never changed it. I just keep doing you know new episodes and just upload it, but I'm not breaking up the seasons. How important is that? And is there a benefit when it comes to having different seasons? You know, it's going to be a case by case thing. Like I've done both. Uh, it felt cleaner doing it in terms of a season. It's like, okay, here's a chunk, boom. And then that kind of sets the expectation that, yeah, you know, there's there's only so much of this show to listen to, and then there's going to be a stop, and then there's going to be a new season. So you kind of foster the anticipation. It's kind of like a TV show. There's always a season finale, right? You got 12 episodes and you're done. Um, but I've done it the other way too, where it's just like episode, 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 and it's like, it's okay. You know, it's good for consistency, but I mean, there's no right or wrong way to do it. I mean, I guess if you feel in your gut, you're like, I really should have seasons. I mean, you can always change it, but keep doing what you're doing. If it's working, bro, if you like, if you like that approach and if your listeners like it, stick with it, don't change it. If you don't like it, well then start another show and do it, do it the right way. <laughs> have seasons, man. 
You know, I never really thought about that. I just, uh, you know, I kept hearing you mention seasons, but the way I look at it, it's like, man, it's kind of like church. Like we go through a series at church and it's, I, I do like what you're saying where we have a start and then a finish. It's like, okay, we start talking about Habakkuk is like what we were talking about in church the past several weeks. And we just finished that series, but we started out with it and it was uh, several weeks. And then we ended with, ended the last one uh, on the, you know, this past weekend. But then, you know, now we'll start a new series with the pastor. And I like how it's like, oh, man, we're diving deep into this. And it'll get you excited for, like, that next show, the next episode that might be coming because it's, it's like a continuous thing. So, you know, if I got anything out of this today from talking to you, for me personally, I was like, man, I need to really consider a strategy between having a different series on fundamentals of business or what it could be, you know, talking about you know, podcasting, could talk about marketing, could talk about Legion. But, you know, definitely inspired me when it comes to that. All right. So we talked a lot about podcasting today and some struggles and some benefits and some things about what to do to get started in equipment and all these amazing things. Now, we only have about five minutes left to the for today's show. And I want to talk about you. I want to talk about like, what do you do to help your clients? And, you know, let's let's dive deep for the last five minutes on talking about like some success stories. Give us a story about how you've been able to help one of your clients. Where were they at when they first started with you? What were you able to help them achieve? And, you know, what what is the benefit about outsourcing your services to other people to be able to help them start growing and build their podcast. Sure thing. Well, across the board, every client we have ends up with the kind of relationships that lead to buying decisions later. Could be pretty close to when they start. Could it happen as soon as their first episode? It might take a few months to get in there, but the vast majority of our clients are high ticket coaches, right? So Whenever they're engaging with us, whenever they allow us to build a podcast for them that's designed to attract more of their ideal client profile, it gives them the ability to really dig in and have some very, very meaningful conversations. And in a way, it's almost like a free coaching session where that coach is able to demonstrate their knowledge, their wherewithal, and that person's like, dang, that person really knows what they're talking about. Like, I I learned a lot and this wasn't even a paid thing. I may have to engage them. I may have to hire them as my coach. Um, the way that we operate, I know we talked about podcasting quite a bit, but it's really a lot of psychology combined with technology. There's a lot of technology out there. There's a lot of different tools and pieces of software, but every podcast we build is a custom thing. It's all bespoke. We start by really getting into the head of the person that wants the podcast. It's like, all right, what's your ultimate goal here? And like ask the five whys, like why, 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 why? So we get down to the bare minimum and it's like, okay, we're, we're going to start here. This is our foundation. We're going to build off of this. So it's got a good foundation. It's got good footings, but it's designed to grow with them over time. And we handle everything. Like if they're doing much more than just having a conversation with awesome people, like that means we have an inefficiency in our process somewhere. So, but we geek out about that. We love changing processes and figuring out how to automate things and just provide a stellar experience for all of our clients. Yeah. So you, so you pretty much do everything from the start to finish and understand the strategy or the goal behind why they're doing what they're doing in the first place. And then once you identify the goal and the, you, then you start actually putting together the strategy. Now, does that strategy consist of really figuring out who like the topics that you're going to talk about to the guesting that you're going to do, and then even employing the, you know, the actually the production of it. And then what about for marketing the podcast? Yeah, it includes all of that. It includes digging into the topics, coming up with some seed questions just to give somebody, you know, here's what you can talk about. But as far as the marketing and promotional aspect or something really cool that we do, 
where, yeah, we'll make the micro contents that we can share on their social media, but we take that same micro content and we share it with the guest and we say, hey, you were just on the show. You had an amazing uh, conversation with this guy. Why don't you share this with your network? Here's a teaser or three. You can pick one. Here's a social media blurb. Paste this in. Pick one of these teasers off to the races. And they're like, awesome. They're sharing it on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, wherever they are. And what ends up happening is more of the right kind of people in their network start seeing that stuff. And then they're like, I'm going to go hear the rest of that episode. And then maybe I think I might want to be a guest on that same show too. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of cool stuff in technology. It's a lot of cool stuff with psychology and we make it all happen. I could geek out. I could seriously geek out. Why did you wait till the end of the show to ask me this stuff, man? (laughs) Well, let's, uh, why don't you tell them how to get in touch with you so you can give a little more details to those that are listening. Absolutely. We can get in touch with me by going to our website. That's podcastify.me, M-E, and just scroll through the site, take a look and see if it makes sense. And if it does, if you're thinking, man, I should have a podcast or I need to hand this thing off because I hate editing. You know, if you're like JR, then there are big pink buttons for you to start that process and we'll have you sign an intake form and then we'll set up a call to chat through and see what's going on and see if we can work together. That's the easiest way to find out more. Yeah. Well, another way for them to get connected with you is by joining our amazing BLM business leaders network community, because, you know, one thing that you do really good at is connecting people and facilitating calls. And you are our facilitator of most of our calls during the week. So I definitely want to uh, let you know that I appreciate you having you part of our community, everything that you do uh, to serve our community and those inside of it. But everyone that gets in touch with you, you know, you are a very genuine guy who loves to serve and love to help, which is why Every person listening here, if you guys are saying, hey, you know what? I just have questions. Not sure if I'm ready to pull the plug and want to hire someone. Just ask questions. Reach out to Michael Fritz at podcastify.me, and then he would definitely be happy to help you guys. Thank you for listening to The Daily Creed. We hope you enjoyed. For more, connect with us at www.blncommunity.com. That's www.blncommunity.com. We'll see you here next time.